It's Tempo Waffle Time! Teachers in the movies. No, it's not. No, wrong podcast. No. <laughs> what are we doing? This is uh, Teflo Waffle, and yes, we're waffling is. about a topic uh, t- that has been chosen by Troy. You sounded really unsure about that. We are waffling about a topic that we are... <laughs> <laughs> a topic. We're wa- we need another <laughs> beer. <laughs> Tiffling about a waffle. We're waffling about a tiffle that's been chosen by Troy... And I'm very confident about that because I don't have the topic. Okay, welcome to Wafer Truffles, where we mispronounce our syllogisms. Wafer Truffles, I love that. Actually, that does sound kind of nice. Wafer right. Truffles. What is our topic, Troy? Wafer Truffles, I thought that, no. Uh, okay, so Steve, uh, right now we are in the month of March. I had to stop and think about that for a second. Okay. But more importantly for people like us, we're in the month of uh, finals, midterms, etc. Examination time. Yeah. This is a very stressful time for students. But a really relaxing time for teachers. Absolutely. I mean, all we have to do is set the exams, make sure that it matches our curriculum guidelines, make sure that it matches the... Everything else that's yeah, on the Yeah, make sure that the teacher who taught the other class that's at the same level has also covered the same things and our exams kind of sync up or that we have oh, the no, same no, exam or that we've collaborated or that we've... Wait, wait, we've also... The examination is reliable, valid and that there's not a, a lot of overlap with with other grades higher and lower so that it's not too easy or too difficult. Yeah, uh, and also forget to check the fact that one student was absent for the test and because you was were so annoyed by having to do so many exams, you don't mark them until a week later well, when actually, every student has left school. One of the things that's m- the most relaxing about this particular time of the year is that you realise how little, how few marks you've actually got in yeah. for, for, the, for the formative assessment. So you've, yeah. you've got to quickly do a whole bunch of formative scores. Uh, that's pretty relaxing. Um, it's actually interesting that you brought this up because I've just published a paper on language assessment literacy, teachers' language assessment literacy. Ooh. This is a, a thing now, <clears throat> and it's all about uh, whether or not teachers feel that their language assessment literacy is adequate for the job. And this is a problem because in uh, and this is not your topic, incidentally. Wait, uh, whether they feel that the way they assess is... Is appropriate. And whether they have the skills to achieve the assessments that they need to do. So, I mean, the thing is that assessments require a lot of uh, fancy footwork. In theory? Yes, in practice. Well, I mean, in practice, you can you can skate across the park, right? But but in if you're going to do proper, yeah, um, you need to maybe pilot. You've got to make sure that you've got the right kind of mix of questions. You've got to make sure that the students are going to get an adequate score. There's going to be a good return for the the test that you've made. So um, it's not too difficult, even for the weak students, so that yeah, you've covered the curriculum adequately. So you haven't prioritized certain topics over others. Yeah, there's and and tiny little things like uh, making sure that it's obvious. You know, when it's a if it's a multiple choice, making sure is it obvious? Do they do they write in the letter or the word? You know, little things like that can really confuse students. Yeah, 
So um, I've, I've always had a problem with assessments. We haven't got onto your question yet. but um, No, we haven't, but uh, so far I'm on board. Okay, I, I've always had a problem with assessments in language because okay. mathematics and science and motor mechanics and stuff like that, you can give an exam and, and it's something that's assessable. Um, okay. Something that's as, as fluffy as language. Yes. It's very difficult to assess. Yes. Um, and, and language assessment is very subjective in terms of the fact that you can't really get it as a... You can't make an exam. And if you do make an exam, what you're actually assessing is not language. You're assessing syntax or knowledge of... of Sometimes annoyingly... Sometimes very annoyingly. The worst test actually uh, tests students' uh, memorization of meta-language. Those are the worst ones. You know, and, and I have a lot of fun looking at other people's tests and identifying all the mistakes they've made where there's yeah. multiple possible answers, yeah. uh, depending on the language, the English that you come from. Or yeah. And now the huge hassle with that is also that uh, if you're the teacher who's marking them, you know, when it comes to this point where, well, that student didn't answer the question as they were supposed to answer the question, but was the question answered? <laughs> okay, so because I have such a negative attitude towards tests, and let me be clear, over my career I've done a lot of tests Okay. as, as a student. I and think we, we've got a big four in this podcast format in that I think tests are stupid. And okay, well, I think tests like are... No, 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 well, tests are stupid. But, but I've mastered the art of taking a test. I, of I, taking? Taking and passing. Okay. I can take a test and pass it, and I've proven my ability to do that in topics ranging from the history of music to psychology. I can do an exam of just about anything that you that you ask me to do, and I'll succeed. Does it make me qualified? Yes, it does. I'm very qualified. Does it make me knowledgeable? Well, not really. I'm very good <laughs> at taking tests. So when a student takes a test and I come across a question that's been very poorly phrased mm-hmm. and the students have answered the question but they haven't answered the question that was asked, if yeah. you know what I mean, I just give them a score. Yes, so do I. But the big problem with that is um, it increases your marking time tenfold because you actually have to pay attention to every answer. You know, when there's... When, when I write a test, let's say we'll take the, the simplest version possible. It's a multiple choice. And I'm, I try to make sure in as concrete a way as possible that there's one answer and only one answer in a discussion. That's it. So it's very fast to mark. Right. But I would say that a multiple choice test isn't really a great test format. Not for language, anyway. No, it's not. It's te- it's terrible. I mean, it's not... It's You're not. testing units of, of knowledge about l- linguistics, really. Yeah, and very discrete units. Although, I want to tell you, I was working at one school once where they taught me how to make a communicative test mm-hmm. in, in multiple-choice format. So what you do is you make a... This is how she taught me to do it. You make a, a dialogue, mm-hmm. let's say a five-part dialogue, Okay. Okay. and you mix it up. So you scramble the dialogue yeah. up so it's, it's in the wrong order. Yeah. And then your multiple choice is which is the correct order for this dialogue. So the dialogue is, hi, Sandra, your hair looks great. Yes, I've just been to the hairdresser. How much did it cost you? It costs $5. Well, that's expensive. Okay, so that's the, that's the dialogue. Yeah. And the, the correct answer is B, C, D, A, whatever. So you've just got all these different ways of, of formatting this, this dialogue. So to answer the question, you've got to actually be able to follow the dialogue format. Okay. Um, it's as close as you can get to actually testing communication 
with using just a, a, a multiple choice format. It's okay. pretty clever. That's the best I've come across. Uh, to, yeah, that's, that's pretty decent, actually. But, but in general, language is not really a, the kind of thing that you can test in an examination format, I think. Well, the, the only test that, that really actually tests language skills... Are, Speaking are, test. Or writing. An output. Well, okay, a, a, a form of output. Yeah. Or, or a discussion. Sure. But it involves some output. But, of course, whilst those are very valid ways of seeing whether or not a student has language skills, they're horrible to assess. You know, they're, well, sorry, they're horrible to grade. You know, the the rubrics get very complicated and, well, okay, and sometimes so, yeah okay so the, the rubrics and for writing okay this is what I do with my writing I don't actually read the essays if it's an essay mm-hmm. and I've got three hundred students yeah um so I pick out a set of criteria that I yeah. I, I would like to see so let's I, say it's essay writing you pick one of them might be organization do they they begin with a, an introduction, topic, sentence, something like that. Yeah, yeah, okay. Or, or do have they have they created counter arguments with this kind of? Okay, so you've got an essay sentence. that has to be an opinion, and you check. Have they used a phrase to contrast between two points? Right. Or I just decide I'm going to mark the student's ability to distinguish between moreover, however, okay. besides that, and and then I just ignore everything else, and I okay. just read those those things. And I just mark that. And then it saves me a lot of time. I'm not actually doing a very job, good job as a marker. But the thing is that the students are not going to get feedback on this. They're going to get a yes, score. Yes, true. And, and if you are starting with very fixed rubrics like that, it's quite consistent too. Uh, and whilst I always feel nervous when I'm using a rubric like that, when I get to the end of it and then I look at my, my scores and I compare it to their scores on other things, I go, oh, it worked. The, the better students got a better score, the right. weaker students got a weaker score. No, it, it was it, valid. It was valid. It was valid. Okay, so here, here's the thing. Um, when we're doing these kinds of exams, we're also now, in the schools I work with, not supposed to fail students. <laughs> okay, so now I agree with that. I, uh, I, no. I, I don't believe that failing no. students is helpful. Um, and, okay, can I, can I give an analogy? You can give an analogy and then I'm going to try not to rant for the next 45 minutes okay so my analogy is this when we ride a bicycle mm-hmm. falling falling from the bicycle is part of the right learning process yes. we have to fall yes and if you don't fall you're not doing it to the ex- full extent of your uh mm, okay okay mm. i mean so failing failing to me is not part of is not a sign of failure it's a sign of learning right yeah so when we give a student exam um we don't want them to fail in the traditional pass-fail form, pass format of exams, but we want them to fail in terms of learning. And, um, so when we get to the end, when it's a summative examination, at the end of the year, they're not going to get any feedback on it. Yeah. What we want is we want to indicate to them... You it, have achieved something. You have achieved something. You haven't achieved something. Right, so we, yeah. because we want to show them their... There, we want to show them that moving forward, carrying on with this process is, yeah. is a good idea. You don't say... You scrape your knee. You're crap at riding bicycles. Right, stop Give doing up. that now. Yeah, yeah. And even if we don't say stop doing that, it's going to discourage well, them from anyway, if we say to them, you scrape your knee, I'm pointing out the fact that you scrape your knee. I'm not pointing out the fact that you tried to ride a bicycle. No. Uh, but you are indicating that they're not very good at this as, yeah. and, and they'd, they'd best spend their time 
that they've got remaining in their life doing other things. Or spending all their time devoted to not grazing their knee instead of becoming a good bicycle rider. Right. So to me, failing a student, especially with something as as fuzzy as language, is not productive in terms of the student's future moving forward. Okay. Now, I agree with the statement, I don't agree with failing students, but I uh, perhaps... I don't know. I disagree with the statement every student must pass. On the grounds that? Uh, I think that you... I'm okay... Okay. We have, we have, have multiple... Convoluted. We have multiple beginnings of the sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and no endings. I just failed this sentence. <laughs> We're not quite sure how Troy feels about this topic, but... Okay. Frank comes to class. He's not good at English. He takes the test. Peter comes to class. Um, he's just spent the last 17 years in Canada. He's a native English speaker. And Sally comes to comes to class, but it's the first time you've seen her for the whole term. Because she's been playing basketball. Maybe she's playing basketball. Maybe her parents just transferred her here. Maybe she'd been getting away with it for the last 12 weeks and so thought that she'd be able to get away with it for the 13th week. All right. So, so let's just say that the fail, the fail point is 60. Yep. Okay, so Bob, who is our weak student, yes. and Sally, who's our new student, yes. are going to get 61. Okay, and our native speaker, whose name was something, I've forgotten his name already, he's going to get 102 because he's already a native speaker. But that's not actually giving him any feathers in his cap. He knows he's good at language. So all that we're doing is confirming the fact that he's already cleaned up this particular topic or subject. Okay, my my issue is that um, if he's getting 100... Okay, let's let's kick him out of the room for a minute Mm. and bring in his friend... Um, Michaelson, Joe, right. Joe, yeah, Joe Michaelson. Joe, yeah. Oh, you know him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, who hasn't been in Canada for seventeen years, right. but but uh, he's a great student. Right. And okay, um, if he gets one hundred and two, it's a crap test. Why? If it, if if students are easily if there are students in class who are easily able to get one hundred percent then I'm not sure if this test is testing something. Now okay, let's let's okay. take out Peter from Canada. So, 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 okay, let, Joe, let's just say, we, we, have a, we have a group of pre-intermediate students. Yep. Where is 100%? Is 100% my standard of English as a native speaker teacher, or is 100% a, a 100% good a level? Right, a good, or an, even an average pre-intermediate student. Okay, if, if Peter the Canadian... I forget okay, which he, name yeah, is whatever. It, whatever. He, he's if he gets 100%, young. that's fine. Yes. Because but, he shouldn't be taking a pre-intermediate is, test. Joe is a pre-intermediate student if he's in a pre-intermediate... If he's a genuinely a pre-intermediate student, right. not an intermediate student in a pre-intermediate who's, class. Who has worked hard and done his little bit. He deserves 100%. What the hell? Okay. Uh, you know, I want him to be a pretty extreme outlier. Why? If, if the students know every single thing that I've taught this year... Then why were they taking my class? Why weren't they taking intermediate? How how much of their time have I wasted no, 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 no. by teaching them things that were so easy they could get 100% on their test? What? I'm wasting their time. No, 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 but you must understand the purpose of testing. I test, I, I'm, I teach you something and I test it and you get it right, you get 100% because you've learned the thing that I've taught you. You haven't learned, uh, you, you can't, 
learn the thing that I've taught you, get 80%. Well, where's the other 20%? If there's more, if there's another 20% here, why didn't you just teach it to me in the classroom? If you've remembered 100% of the things that I've covered, I'm pretty sure you knew 80% of it before you entered my classroom. Right. So you, th- In which case, I've wasted your time. I should have been... I've, I've taught you 20% of the no, things. No, 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 no. But, but I'd like you to come in knowing in, 20 to 40% and me to teach you in, in 100% this, no, no, no. and you to hopefully retain 40 to 60% of what I've taught. Add that to your 40 that you came in with. And if you got your 80 to 100, I'm All happy. All right. This is not Tefl Waffle. This is Tefl Argue. <laughs> <laughs> the horrible thing is I don't even think tests are valid, so I don't know why I'm trying to argue about what a valid test score is anyway. <laughs> I, I I just think that if okay if you're if sixty is your fail let's just say sixty is your fail uh-huh. everybody's going to get sixty no as long as they do the test okay I mean um, if the fact that they just walk into the classroom and do the test I'm going to give it to them because they've at least shown okay, um, fine you've qualified now they've got to come in and take the test right right well okay. I mean I, there's a default of well you can't pass because you you haven't got these formative assessment scores yes. and okay, okay so let let's say that they've done all the scores and. Yeah, they're going to pass. I... Because they, they've at least shown... I mean, the thing is that if, if somebody... Let's just say that you're a Taekwondo teacher. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, uh, you've got a little place on a supermarket on the 10th floor. Somebody walks through the door and says, I want to learn Taekwondo. And they're completely spastic with movements. They can't hit something that's right in front of them. Okay. The fact that they've come into your dojo and they're, they're willing to just give it a try means... Something, right? Yes, it does. It, it, and, and if they keep coming back, even if they're completely uncoordinated and they can't do it, they're still making the effort and they're still doing it. So, uh, yes, they, they've got to have some recognition for that willingness to keep going. Okay. Now, I'm, I'm in practice, I'm actually okay with uh, everybody who takes this test. Uh, is going to get between 60 and 100 if the pass rate 60. I'm okay with that. Providing that, what I'm doing is saying zero is 60. Not, if you only got 13%, I'm going to give you 60. I'm saying that zero is 60. And there are 40 questions on my test, and if you get one of them right, you got 61. You've got two of them right, you've got 62. If you've got zero of them right, you've got okay. 60. Or, or the but, other not, way of do- but not doing the... No, the other way of doing it is to make... People who 3% get 60. Mm, well, the other way is to do it is to make sure that the first 60 questions or the first 60 marks on your test are so easy that anybody who's even vaguely awake and not drunk is going to get them right. Yeah. Um, so, and yes. I, I'm okay with that, but I'm not okay with the... I'm going to grade everybody, and the guy who got 59 and the guy who got 5.9 both get 60. I don't believe in the... Oh, let's just bump them all up to the bare minimum. No, let's... If they're going to do the test, then test them. Not just go, yeah, everyone, fine. I mean, pay attention to it. Well, I think that that's, where, that's where the question of your test design comes in. I mean, the thing is that if, you, if you've got a well-designed test, the, the people who are really have done the work shouldn't be getting 59 or 61 they should be getting 88 yeah. and and the ones who are scraping through and really battling and need a need a lot of boosting should be getting 60 something yes or 59 and then you pull them in you go well actually you failed but you know what i'm going to let you through this time make sure that you keep working hard so that that they you know when i was at university in my undergrad there was a girl in my class we had 50 as the fail in in our university and she got 49 as as the 
aggregate score. Yeah. So all her assignments and exams came up to 49 and they failed her. Yeah. Yeah. And I oh, thought that was... You are, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I thought that was... Mean. Really unfair. I mean, it's not just... It's like, it's almost... It's either willfully mean or inhuman. You, you just don't care. Well, you see, the thing is, okay, I mean, there is, there is a reason to have a cutoff where we, we, okay, this is as far as we go and anything below this. But there is, in test design, there is a human element in the designing of the test and the implementation of the test. And somebody comes into the exam and they're feeling weak or they haven't had breakfast or their parents had a fight the night before. I mean, there's... there's oh, oh, for that matter, I, I had a student who took the test recently and she got a, like, a, a shockingly low score. Now, I don't know this student very well because she has been absent a lot, but her score was shockingly low. And I do have her previous test where I know her English is better than that. And I just walked up to her and said, what happened? She went, sorry, I, I just didn't read it. She obviously... She was not paying attention. She right. didn't care. She was absent on exam day. She took it at another time. She obviously just rushed through it. And it, it was shockingly low. I mean, it was like... Okay, shockingly low for her. It was... It was uh, 50... What was it? Uh, I think it was a 40-point test, and she got 21 or something. So she got 50%. Okay. Um, but, but knowing knowing, her, knowing her English, it was definitely low. Yeah, I mean, I and think I think the, the concept of... Trying to avoid failing people is a mindset rather than a, you know, I mean, when we, when we talk about this policy of you cannot fail somebody, it sounds like somebody in a, in a high office yeah. removing teacher's agency. Yes. There is, there's value in positive washback. Students need to be afraid of a test so that they have a reason to sit down and focus on something. And, I mean, I'm not a big washback person, but... The, there is a positive element to washback, which yeah. is valuable for some students, particularly it, weak students. And, yeah. and it, it is supposed to form part of a feedback cycle, both right. for you and for the students. So when, I'm t- when I say we shouldn't fail, I, I don't mean it from a policy perspective where the teacher's agency has been removed. Okay. I think that as, as teachers, we should just be trying to avoid situations where... Where students, students are, are, have are no choice but to fail. To fail, right? I mean, in these movies that we're watching, we have classrooms full of failed students, yeah. and some teacher comes in and he makes them into amazing students or whatever. And usually, that's a mindset of the teacher. Yes. If you don't know about that, you could go and watch our, uh, listen to our podcast on "To Serve with Love" too. You can watch it if you like. Just like prop up your phone in the corner and stare at our logo for <laughs> thirty minutes while we talk in circles. Right. We don't talk in circles. We argue. Okay, well, we argue in... in Hexagons. Oh, I was going to say ellipsi, ellipt, ellipticals? Ellipticals. Elliptoids. Elliptoids. I'm not mathematics teacher. Ellipticons. Okay, so what is your topic for today's podcast? Uh, the horrible thing is I have about seven topics, and uh, they're called testing, testing and assessment, grading, marking... Okay, let's talk uh, about language students. assessment literacy. <laughs> Okay, let's talk about Teach, language assessment. Teachers' language assessment literacy. I mean, the thing is that when we talk about testing and assessment, a lot of teachers are really frightened about it. Uh, maybe our own experience as students, from from our own ex- experience of being students before we became teachers, makes us think that tests are more important than they are. Yeah. Because as students, we live around this, this fear of tests and scores, and it's thrown into our face by our parents, and we're told by our father that we're going to get a red car if we get... An A or whatever. I mean, you know, those, those kind of things. So tests f- land up becoming more important 
than, than, than what than they, they should be. Very much. Yeah, so. and then maybe as a teacher, we think, oh, we've got to we've got to put a lot of emphasis on tests, and but I think that the tests just by themselves have their own washback quality that we don't have to really worry about them as much as. Um, yeah, unfortunately, oh, for good or ill, mainly ill, they're taken very seriously by institutions, by parents, parents, by students, by everybody. And and if the teacher takes them seriously as well, well then that 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 means the teacher's buying into this fallacy that education is about testing and it's not. Unfortunately though, if the teacher doesn't buy into it, they might be very shocked when a student bursts out in tears because of the score they got where and you go, Dude, you you got an eighty <laughs> nine. Well, I mean, those those kind of students are everywhere, aren't they? Um, yeah. Uh, and and those are the students where, I mean, we we have had a situation. Sorry to change the topic on myself, but um, we, have, <laughs> <laughs> we have had a situation of students committing suicide or attempting suicide on bad grades. Um, and you know, the thing is that with mathematics and science and biology, you can get ninety nine percent because it's 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 really it's, static. It's static with language. Somebody says, oh, you can't get 89% because that's too high. Whereas, why not? You know, And then that student who's normally getting 99 for maths and science think, looks at 89 and goes, my God, I'm useless at languages. Look at that. And, and then stops learning languages because 89 to them is bad. Whereas 89 for a language teacher, well, that's amazing. I mean, and I can't, I can't figure out what the justification is for why somebody who is very good at language can't get 100. Okay, their language is not perfect. We know that. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're pre intermediate student, or they it's a second language or a third language. Or... My my problem is if you're getting if you're easily getting a hundred, you're wasting your time in the classroom. Go study something where you're actually gaining from it. No, but but don't, that, don't study but that argument. That you already but, know. but by that argument, somebody who's getting hundred percent for maths shouldn't be studying that maths. But probably stu- not. No, but they're studying probably, the maths. No, no, probably maybe. not. If you're getting 100%, I'm pretty sure that you know most of it already. Well, that's right. You've mastered it, so you're ready to move on to the next thing. If you already knew it before you studied it, you've wasted your study time. No, go if, study something that actually okay, improves if, you and you I gain go into more. Class, if I go into class and my teacher teaches me binomial equations mm-hmm. and I learn it and I do the test and I get all my binomial equations how, right. How much of it did you know before you started? None. I, I've oh, just then fantastic. About... You're 100%. I'm, I'm ridiculously proud of you. And I'm okay. like shocked. So on, the same, on the same... A student comes in, doesn't know the past tense, the teacher uh-huh. teaches the past tense verbs, the student goes and learns the past tense verbs, yeah. does the test and gets all the past tense verbs right, okay. but gets articles and prepositions wrong. Mm-hmm. Is he get, is, does, he, does he deserve 100%? Wait, which one was I testing? Past tense verbs. Well, that's what you taught, right? Past tense verbs. If I, if I taught him past tense verbs well, you're, and he, passed, you're teaching he got 100% English. on his past tense verbs and he didn't know the past tense verbs before... I taught him the past tense verbs, and then he learned the past tense verbs, and he tested a hundred on his past tense verbs. Yes. Okay, fine. But, he, but he's. But if he already knew them, no, I've wasted his time. Well, well, but he's still not getting his prepositions and articles correct. Are you still going to give I him teach that? No, you didn't. Then why See, am I testing? Well, it? that's exactly no. You're uh, unless testing. and and look, if I'm doing uh, the big picture test, take your your IELTS and your TOEICs and your TOEFLs and your etc. You need the full range of everything. Okay. Then nobody gets one hundred percent. I don't get one hundred percent. As a, you know, a native English speaker with pretty, you know, strong language knowledge, both in terms of you know, yeah, but you're not getting one hundred percent because you're you're falling asleep halfway through out of no, the water. No, it's because I'm a human being and I made a slip at some point. I I said, 
oh, you know, tomorrow I think I want to, and then I went, hey, did I turn off the light when I went home? And I, anyway, going home. And so now I've got, uh, tomorrow I want to going home. It's a slip, and that's fine. Yes. I, I'm not getting 100% because this is, this, is, this is a proficiency test. But if it's a pre-intermediate test and a half of my class get 100, either the test was crap or they're not pre-intermediate students and I should have been pushing them harder. And I'm even okay, because I've done this, so I, I have to be okay with it, where you realise that the lesson is too easy for the students. You know your students are going to get 100. You teach them extra stuff give them a separate test that doesn't get submitted that assesses the more challenging things that you taught them and you give them the regular test of stuff that was covered in class and you submit those grades and they all do fantastically everyone get between 94 and 100 excellent and i've so, done that before so from a, right so from a from the perspective of the administration your kids are getting 100% and that's because they know the stuff that's they in the curriculum well, not just they know they already knew yeah what was the point of me wasting it's, 3 it's months it's time for a word from our sponsors Today's sponsor is Graphite. Do you know that Graphite is in lead pencils, not lead? Huh? A lead pencil? Yes. A pencil lead? Right. Isn't. Is it Graphite? It is Graphite. <laughs> it isn't lead. Oh, it's right, yes. Okay. Today's sponsor is Graphite. It's a very versatile tool. And if you ever get the opportunity to teach a science class on electricity, yes. Graphite's really cool because you get to do really funky stuff where you show them that, oh, look, metal conducts electricity. Oh, and this, this metal doesn't conduct it very well. Let's take a piece of rusty metal. Do you think it will conduct? Yes, we do. Oh, no, it doesn't. But you take one of those really thin graphite leads from the middle of a mechanical pencil. Yes. It conducts electricity. Oh, and you can write stuff. Oh, and it's good for committing suicide as well. You can what? actually. <laughs> I'm going to stick it in your eye. You're going to grind it up and snort it. You're going to. What? Yeah. Tough Waffle is proudly brought to you by the Nonstop Wafflers, Troy and Steve. For any questions, comments, complaints, or queries, you can email tuffwaffle at gmail.com or visit tufflewaffle.com.